Good morning. My name is Maggie, and I will be reading our central text this morning. It comes from Matthew 6, 13a, and 4, 1 through 11. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their, hand, on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All of these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and only him shall you serve. And the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the word of the Lord. Well, you're sitting in different places. <laughs> Threw you off, didn't it? Yeah, we just rearranged it just to do that. Throw you off, make you sit in a different place, sit with somebody else. Just so I know it takes a little while to get oriented. Glad you're here, though. You know, it was a really great week, wasn't it? Super Bowl on Sunday, overtime, that was exciting. Of course, the really great news was that Taylor Swift made it from Japan to Las Vegas to be able to watch the game. And then there was uh, Fat Tuesday. That's always a great day for pastries and all of that, although you can't find punchkis in Hendersonville that I know of. Then Wednesday was Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday together. Great service here, and so that was a great day. And then there's uh, Peppa Pig's 20th anniversary celebration release movie, <laughs> right? Some of you I know are excited about Peppa Pig, right? Okay. And then yesterday was Michael Jordan's birthday. And then uh, also yesterday we celebrated the 120th anniversary of the opera Madame Butterfly. So I know most of you celebrated that, didn't you? So, great week, but to counterbalance all of that really great stuff, I'm going to preach on the devil. I'm going to preach on evil and temptation to sin, the daily struggle that we all face, the daily failures that we all experience as we give in to temptation, and as we indulge in sin. How's that? Getting you depressed? So, But before you walk out, I want to give you one verse, which is basically the conclusion to the whole sermon. So get this. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom, to him be the glory 
forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that great? Let's pray together. Lord, thank you that you've brought us here. We live in we live in the kingdom of the world, and boy, it is hard. The kingdom of the world, it's it's heavy, there's hopelessness. It's wearisome, it is disheartening, discouraging. So Lord, this morning, would you decorate our hearts with the ornaments of your kingdom? Hope and love and joy and peace and praise and life eternal. Would you give us some of that this morning in this place? And cause us to see you, our Savior. Pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know about you, but I get really confused about diets. What's good for you, what's bad for you, what you're supposed to eat. I mean, like caffeine, is it good for you? Is it not good for you? Sugar, what kind of sugar? Refined sugar, natural sugar, fake sugar, which fake sugar? It's all very confusing. Red meat, is that okay? Carbs, protein, fat, how much? Don't you just wish that the Bible gave us a diet and it said, eat this and don't eat that? Wouldn't that be be easy? Or don't you wish the Bible just told us what job to take or who to marry or where to live or how to educate our children or, or how to pray? Oh, wait a minute. On that last one, the Bible does tell us. It does tell us how to pray. Matthew 6, 9 specifically says, pray like this. And we are given a prayer. And one of the lines of the prayer is, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Or deliver us from the evil one. It could be either way, translated either way, and either way is fine. We're going to kind of look at it as the evil one this morning. But that's what we're talking about today as we continue our series on the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now that has to be a pretty important prayer, don't you think? More important than, Lord, help it not to rain and tomorrow when I have my picnic. And whether you are a Christian or not, I think everyone has prayed a prayer like this. So we continue this series, and as we have been doing, we're looking at the Lord's Prayer line by line, but then we are speaking to Another passage of Scripture which sheds light on that. We're going to do that again this morning. And our passage that Maggie read was Matthew 4, 1 to 11. So here's today's outline. And um, it's in your bulletin. And I'm giving you the blanks this morning because I want you to stay alert because I know you're celebrating Madame Butterfly yesterday. And so, I'll make you do a little bit of work. So number one, the temptation, it is blank. Number two, the delivery, it is blank. And number three, 
the prayer, it is blank, blank, blank. All right? So you ready to fill those in? Point number one. The temptation, it is great. It is great. And, and there's no question about that. We have all personally experienced that. We have all experienced the, the weight and the pressure of trying to resist temptation. We've all experienced the guilt and the shame and the disappointment when we give in to temptation. It's a battle. Temptation is great. And as I was processing uh, these verses this week and this whole idea of temptation, I, I came up with, uh, with a list of words. I made, a, I made a list of words and see if any of these words ring a bell for you when it comes to your experience with temptation, okay? I was weak, lured, enticed, attracted, deceived, captured, seduced, attacked, drifted away, backslid, pulled away. It crept in, pulled in, led into, gave in, gave over to. Those terms kind of hit it when it comes to our temptations. And you notice that the direction of those terms was often like into, like you're falling into a pit or something. Or a number of those expressions had to do with a, a, a way, as if you're going away from something good and to something bad. And so it's as if all of this is in the wrong direction when it comes to following temptation. Now, these temptations, they come in all shapes and sizes, and at all times when you don't expect it or when you plan it. And some are minor and seem harmless, and some are major and big time with catastrophic results. And the book of James explains that this is how it goes. A person, when he is tempted, a person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Temptation. It is great. Now, before we get into the story of, of the temptation of Jesus, uh, I want to consider very practically what is beneath the temptations that we face. The Lord's Prayer is about do not doubt your God. But the world has a prayer which is do not doubt yourself. And our temptation oftentimes is not to recite the Lord's Prayer, but to recite, to recite the world's prayer. Do not doubt yourself and who you can be. Or in classic Disney language, straight to the top, I'm on my way and nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop me now. Right? Classic Disney. That language 
permeates our culture. From children's movies to academia to business to entertainment to government. I mean, like every, every corner, everywhere we are, we get this kind of language. Find your inner self, your inner strength. You are strong. You can do anything. You can be your own person. Be independent. You are somebody. Go out and prove it. Take charge of your life. Take care of yourself first. Find your happiness. Find your fulfillment. Let your heart lead you. And nobody has said it better or sang it better than the Korean boy band BTS. And you probably don't know the words, but I'll translate them from the Korean into English. And they sing, The me of yesterday, the me of today, the me of tomorrow, I'm learning how to love myself, it's all me. Kind of says it. And those temptations are at the very heart of all of our temptations. And those temptations are the very ones that Satan hurled at Jesus. Those very things. Now let's look at what Jesus faced in Matthew 4. And then we're going to make some connections to our temptations. So it starts off, verse 1. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Let me just pause there for a second to say, you know, the Bible really teaches that the devil is a personal being. I know that's odd, it's strange. But, but the devil, it's, it's not a symbol, it's not a force, it's not an energy. But the devil is a personal being. So Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by this one who was the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these these, uh, stones to become loaves of bread. Now the devil took three shots at Jesus. And here is the first one. Jesus was hungry. And Satan said to him, turn these stones into bread and eat. You are the son of God. You have power. You could zap a whole bakery into this wilderness. Have a croissant and a bagel and a punchki. Do it. Eat. Satisfy your immediate need. Use your power to meet your needs. Temptation number two. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. So, Kind of a strange setting here, going from the wilderness to the temple. How did that happen? How did they get there? Did they fly? I mean, fly up to the top of the temple? I don't know. But, but what is this temptation is about? What, what's it about? 
It's as if the, the devil is saying, since you are the son of God, do something dramatic. Do something sensational. Do something that will be a clear demonstration of your godness and your power and your kingship and your control. Throw yourself off of the temple and let people be wowed when the angels come along and catch you and give you a soft landing. You will be impressive. The temptation is to test God, to use God to promote yourself, to expect of God, to demand of God that he will always provide you a safe landing, a comfortable and convenient life on your terms. The third temptation. Again, the devil took him away to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. So the devil basically says to Jesus, you know, I know that God has a plan for you. And I know that he has his will for you. And I know that he has a certain way of you, a certain way of him giving you the kingdom. But do you really want to do it his way? Do you really want to do it the hard way, the slow way? The way of suffering and rejection and serving and a painful crucifixion and death? How about just one little compromise and you can enjoy the kingdom right now? Right now, you can have the kingdom and the power and the glory. You see what Jesus is teaching us here about his temptations and ours? The devil's goal was to divert Jesus away from his mission of saving the world. The devil's goal was to sidetrack Jesus from bringing in God's new kingdom. Giving in to the devil's temptation is about my will and my glory and my power and my kingdom. And Jesus, what he does is he takes... He takes the kingdom of this world that Satan is offering him. He takes it and he turns it on its head. He flips it upside down and says, it's humility, not glory. It's giving, not taking. It's serving, not demanding. It's giving to others, giving power to others rather than taking power for yourselves. It's acknowledging your dependence, it's being submissive. It's not your own self-sufficiency. So Jesus then gives us the Lord's Prayer, which is a kingdom prayer. Jesus is saying, do not doubt God. The world is saying, do not doubt yourself. 
The world is saying, be strong in yourself. And you know, actually, I think the devil is actually okay with you praying to God. I think he's okay with you praying to God. If you pray this kind of prayer, Lord, give me strength so that I can be strong in myself. Huh? I think he'd be okay with that. Listen to the words of N.T. Wright. This is, a, this is a great quote. Get this. The temptations that we all face day by day and at critical moments of decision and vocation in our lives may be very different from those of Jesus, but they have exactly the same point. They are not simply trying to entice us into committing this or that sin. They are trying to distract us, to turn us aside from the path of servanthood. You get that? Okay, point number one, the temptation, it is great. Point number two, the delivery, it is, what do you think? Any thoughts? Yes, greater. The delivery, it is greater. Now, we skipped over how Jesus responded to these temptations. But um, let's, just, let's look at that now. Let's look at how Jesus resisted the devil and see that this is our delivery. Okay, but, but first let me ask you the question, how did Jesus overcome the temptation of the devil? How did he? What? Yeah, the word. Quoting scripture, right? That's how he did it. That's how he did it. So temptation number one is uh, turn these stones to bread. And then Jesus quoted scripture. He quoted this, uh, Deuteronomy 8. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's saying, I will not give in to something that I want or need if it is contrary to God's word or his plan. I will not do that. That was temptation number one. Temptation number two. This is flying to the, to the, uh, what did I do here? Man shall not live by bread alone. Temptation number two. Oh, okay. Jesus quoted uh, Deuteronomy 6 in this case. I don't have a slide here yet. I got ahead of myself. In temptation number two, Jesus again quoted scripture. He quoted, he quoted Deuteronomy 6. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So Jesus' response to the devil was saying, I will not use God for my own individual purposes. That was his response. In temptation number three, Jesus again Reference Deuteronomy chapter 6. He says, worship and serve only the Lord your God. Jesus is saying, showing us to compromise. If you compromise God's word, then you are not worshiping him. When you, when you disobey God's word, you don't listen to God's word, you don't follow God's word, you 
are not worshiping him, you're basically worshiping yourself. And Jesus said, I won't do that. So Jesus' resistance to temptation was by using the word of God and believing the word of God. And that is an example to us in how we resist temptation. But there's more to it than that. There's more to it than just seeing his example and following it. Our delivery from temptation and evil is because of the reality that Jesus went on from there to never sin, and Jesus went on from there to conquer sin, to defeat the devil, to crush evil, and to give us the victory. That is our delivery. He is our deliverer. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I say, I need some amens there. All right. Okay, number, point number one, the temptation, it is great. Point number two, the delivery, it is greater. Are you with me so far? Okay, now we come to the slide. The prayer, it is blank, blank, blank. And we're going to leave that for a second. So now we go to Matthew 6, 13. So we looked at, we looked at Matthew 4, now we go to, to the Lord's Prayer. We, Matthew 6, 13, there is one line in the Lord's Prayer. Now I want you to think about this, okay? The same Jesus who is in Matthew 4, the same Jesus who faced the devil has given us a prayer that includes these words. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I should just mention here in passing, that the book of James does tell us that God tempts no one with evil. Okay, so God is not the tempter of evil here. It's like he's saying, don't let us be led into temptation. But he, but he gives us this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I mean, that's, that's so interesting. When Jesus gave us that, does, does Jesus, does he know what he's talking about? Of course he does. All that he went through in chapter 4, and now in chapter 6, he gives us this prayer. So do you know what that means for us? I'll tell you what it means. Get ready. The prayer, it is to be prayed. Jesus gave us the prayer. Jesus, who knew about temptation, who knew about the evil one, he gave us this prayer. Jesus wants us to pray it. It's to be prayed a lot before temptation, during temptation, after temptation. When you fall into temptation, it's to be prayed. And one of our biggest temptations is not, not to pray this prayer, to not pray it. And let me give you three reasons why we don't pray this prayer, okay? Three reasons why we don't pray this prayer. 
Number one, we doubt God. Number two, we doubt the strength of the devil. And number three, we doubt our own weakness. So number one, we don't pray this prayer because we, we don't really believe it. We doubt God. I don't really believe that he's my father in heaven. I don't recognize his hallowed name. I doubt that his kingdom will come. In fact, I kind of like my own kingdom. His will is not lining up with my will. He's not providing my daily bread the way that I want him to provide my daily bread. I doubt that he'll forgive my sins. I doubt that he can deliver me from the evil one. So we don't pray it because we doubt. The second reason. We don't pray this prayer because we doubt the devil's strength. You know, I can't see him. I don't know. I mean, devil out there. I don't, you know, whatever. He's an enemy. The Bible says he's an enemy. The Bible warns us. He's a deceiver. He's a fiery dragon. He's a tempter. He's a thief. He's a murderer. He's a, he, he has the power of darkness. He's a roaring lion. He, he, is, he is a schemer. Jesus did not doubt the devil's strength. So he's telling us, pray. Because Satan is real and Satan is vicious. The third reason, we don't pray this prayer because we doubt our own weakness. The world says you are strong. You can do this. Tap into your inner strength. But Jesus says, in your weakness, when he comes after you, pray, our Father, deliver us. This prayer, it is to be prayed. And the Christian who doesn't know his own weakness will not pray, and will not experience God's strength, right? The crash and burn. Two things I remember about Bucharest, Romania. One is in the machine guns in the airport. The second thing in Bucharest was the ugly doors, the doors were ugly and broken down and peeling and rusty and, and downright scary. Um, kind of like that. And I would enter through the ugly door, and, and this happened to me multiple times in multiple places. I'd enter through the ugly door, and on the other side was this beautiful, even lavish interior. I was amazed. Our prayers are the means to our being delivered. Okay? That's why it was given to us. Our prayers are the means to our being delivered from the evil one and from temptation. Our prayers are the door to being delivered. But our door, our prayer, can be pretty weak 
and pretty ugly. Rusting and peeling and not working very good and not much, not much faith in it. But the strength, the strength is not in the door. The strength is not in the prayer. But the strength is what's on the other side. The full strength of God. The one who faced the fiercest temptation and won. The one who in great power was raised from the dead, defeated evil, defeated the evil one, and who gives us the victory. That's the one who's on the other side of your prayer, as pathetic as it might be. So let's bring our weakness, our weak prayers to his strength. I want to finish in the same way that we started The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm going to ask the musicians if they'd make their way up here. I'm going to have a stand because I'm going to have us close in prayer together with the Lord's prayer. And I'd ask, whoops, did we just lose it? That last slide. There we go. Let's pray this in faith together, all right? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.